Welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Here is your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof, a nationally recognized health educator, author of the award-winning book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, and creator of the Talk Puberty app. Welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof. This season of the Puberty Prof Podcast, episodes 27 to 39, is covering more of the mental, emotional, and social events preteens and teens experience or may experience. So who better to help us out but two teens? Woohoo! Harper and Lauren, two really cool young folks, are here today to talk about their experiences as well as how young people can not only survive their preteen and teen years, but thrive throughout those years. Today's episode is part one of two, in which both Lauren and Harper share their honest experiences and advice for the physical aspects of puberty, body image challenges, transitioning from elementary school to middle school, and getting support to make sure you stay healthy. So thank you so much for being here, Harper and Lauren. You want to say hi and tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, so hi, I'm Harper. I'm 15 years old. I'm going to my sophomore year of high school. I play tennis. I own a business. And yeah, And hi, I'm Lauren. I'm 15 years old, going my sophomore year in high school. I'm a downhill ski racer for like, I think, since I was 10. So that's fun. And I'm really excited to be here. Thank you again, the both of you. And I am super duperly excited because I love doing projects with young people. I miss the K through 12 setting. So this to me, I'm feeling so blessed for the both of you being here today. And as a reminder for you, anytime you want to pass on a question, just like I hope in your school setting, you're allowed to pass on questions, you know, feel free to do that. Also, we have audience members of a variety of ages from younger to older. So I'm going to start with the first question of what do you remember about your puberty experience? All right. Well, we were, or I was very lucky and so was Harper, I believe, because our family is like really open about puberty. And so we learned from before we even started, um, probably since we were like six around that age, we Mm -hmm. just learned about both human bodies and about everything that will happen to us as we get older. So we were really fortunate to be prepared for ourselves, I think. Yeah, I think we just had like a really open environment where we could ask questions and our parents wouldn't really like have anything off limits and I think that led us to have like an easier puberty experience yeah and I think one of you might have had cards they're called the puberty chit chat cards I don't know if you remember that yeah I I mean I don't remember that specifically but I'm sure (laughs) Because I think they were cards. And now it's part of the Talk Puberty app. I put those cards on an app because I remember, I'll be honest, that I spoke with one of your parents and they're like, yeah, we had this really great discussions about puberty and the whole family was there, not just the parents, but also sibling. So, Mm -hmm. and that's really great that you 
have an environment where people can talk honestly about this growing up stuff. Yeah, for sure. What advice do you have for others that are about to go through physical changes of puberty? I think be patient with it because it's going to frustrate you and it's going to take time to learn how to accept your new body and what it's forming to. So just learn to accept yourself in the process. And it's also like hard because like you're comparing yourself a lot and it's hard not to do that when you all are kind of, you're like becoming more aware of yourself and your body and others too, I guess. So try not to compare yourself or your body because like you'll all end up, you know, growing and stuff. So it doesn't really matter the timeline, just, you know, be grateful that you have a a healthy body, I I guess. Do you have any specific examples that you were surprised about when you were going through puberty that might help settle some listeners' minds that they'll get through certain events too, like you had to get over or get through? Yeah, a lot of it was acne and it wasn't just like your face. You just like have acne on your shoulders, on just anywhere. And it's really frustrating at the time and you get like so overwhelmed. You're like, oh my gosh, when will it go away? But it does. It's just your hormones, I think. And so you get through that eventually. And another thing was like, when you grow more, you gain stretch marks and all of that. And it's frustrating, but a lot of people actually love those slight stretch marks. Like it just shows how raw your body is. And you don't think that at first you think it's, oh, so gross and all that, but it's actually not. A lot of people love them. And I think like more people have them than don't have them. And you just, no one really talks about it, I suppose. And like even someone that maybe they're thinner and you're like, oh, well, they don't have stretch marks, but it really, it's not about like weight. I think it's more about just like how fast you're growing too. But like personally for me, I was super insecure about my acne and I had it like all through, I'd say like seventh and eighth grade and like half of last year was like the worst for me. But like just figuring out like a good like routine for yourself and new skincare routine it really helped and like it's it's not just like how cleansly you are it's more about just like hormones and it's hard while you're you're going through it but it'll it'll eventually pass do you have a specific cleansing routine that's now working for you that you don't mind sharing yeah i started using cerave cleanser and so that like really really helped. And then um, just like I used more kind of plain products, not with too much like fragrance or anything like that. Just the CeraVe brand, which you can find really anywhere. It's really affordable. And it just, it really cleared up my skin. And I recommend it to a lot of my friends actually. And I think it's helped them a lot too. And then also CeraVe moisturizer is, I use the exact same stuff as she does. But the moisturizer, even though like acne is usually oily and all that, if you use the right type of moisturizer without fragrance, without too many like weird products in the ingredients area, um, it actually helps it a lot more. So as long as you keep like your nose and your cheeks, the parts that dry up really fast, hydrated, I think your skin will look really good. Yeah, because acne is really 
because you have a lot more oil, but you don't want to not use moisturizer because that just is more harmful for your skin. Even if it, you think it's making your skin worse, moisturizer is really helpful. Feel free to pass on this question because I don't have it on the list. So feel free to pass. So the both of you, you're biological females. So you have a menstrual cycle. What do you think about the menstrual cup? Yeah, I don't use it. I, yeah, I don't know if I would be able to, but I know it's like really, it's a lot better for the environment. So I think if you're not scared to use it or you, if you feel comfortable, it's definitely a better option than tampons or pads, I'd say. What's funny about that is when I was your age, I used the pads and I didn't want to use tampons. And for most of my life, I never liked tampons unless I was doing like a, um, a swimming race, a triathlon, something like that. But as I got older, I did like the menstrual cup. So it's interesting how things like the perspectives and that there's so many more products out there that people can use. And I think that it's natural to me that you try one product and if it works, then you can try another one. It's a comfort level. Would you agree? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Well, how about the emotional stuff? What do you remember about the emotional stuff that went on or is still going on during your teen years? Yeah, I think for me, it was really hard um, going from like fifth grade to sixth grade into middle school. I just think I became a lot more aware of myself and other people and middle school is a lot different. It's, it's, I think it's more fun and exciting, but there's also, there comes more challenges. For me, going from elementary school to sixth grade was completely fine and until the end of sixth grade, which is when darkness, like it started going for everyone at the school and it wasn't just like one person struggling. It was a variety of different people who use anger, sadness, happiness. It was just too much emotions, I think, for some people to handle. And... Do you think that's a natural thing that happens at some point during that growing up experience? Yeah, for sure. But I think it's like really hard at the same time. Like even though it's natural, it's not talked about enough, enough, like mental illnesses that just happen instantly, whether you were expecting, like you have such a happy childhood or some people do, you won't expect to have such struggles and I and feel like it was pretty abrupt, too, for me, mm-hmm. at least sixth grade. It wasn't the hardest year. I just think that in sixth grade, for me, I went from having a lot of friends to many of them, they kind of split in half going to a different middle school than me. And so I didn't have as many friends. So it was hard to like, and it was really hard to reach out to people just because I was um, pretty shy and there's just so many new people. And because you're in elementary school for so many years so that you've you've kind of grown with these people that now it's like you never see them and so it's I, I'd say it was really difficult for me but I think like through middle school and now it's I've gotten a lot more friends I think because I, I did so many extra curricular activities I did cross country track tennis soccer and I think those are like the best friendships because you don't, some of those people are older than you or younger 
And so you really get to find people that are more like you, not just because you're in the same grade and happen to be in the same class, but because you share common interests. And that for me really helped. I think, especially um, playing tennis, I've gotten a lot closer to a lot of more friends. It's interesting. I asked the question about emotions and it seems like that brought you back to that transition of going from fifth grade to sixth grade because your elementary school ended at fifth grade. You graduated, quote unquote, and then you went on to sixth grade at a new building. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. So the new building just brought lots of new people and lost a lot of people that I knew for so long. So it was, it was just a challenging year, I'd say, for a lot of my friends, too. And I think just growing up, I don't know, it was just very abrupt going from, like, being a kid to, I guess, like, a preteen. Because that was kind of, I think I was 11 in sixth grade, right? I think so. Yeah. So it's just not only do you have, like, new scenery and people around you, like, a different environment, but, like, also you're changing like physically and also um, mentally, I think, with puberty. To be honest, I think middle school as it is, is one of the hardest years in your life. And I've heard that from adults as it is right now. And uh, it's just really challenging. That's, it's just a common thing. So struggling in it isn't not, yeah, I don't think you're the only one. I'd say, I think everyone goes through stuff, but the most important aspect I'd say is to have people that you trust and you can talk to and it doesn't have to be your friends like you can be your parents or um, like a counselor therapist I had to go see the school counselor many times and I know other people many of my peers did too and like you don't need to be embarrassed about that it's I mean they have certain like confidentiality things that so they can't just tell everyone that you're going to the counselor So if there's a young person listening in and wants to go to a school counselor, how do they do that? So at my school, there was this in the office, in the main office, you could fill out a little note that the counselor could come pick up and read. And you could either put emergency uh, and you could list what the problem was and they would just call you down to the office or at least usually or see you some other place in the school and just pull you over to the side or something. It's not always out in the open. It's more discreet usually. So that's a way, or at least I hope most schools do it that way. It'd be nice if they did to make it more confidential for you. Yeah, and I think no matter what school you go to, they're, like if you feel comfortable enough to like um, ask your teacher if you can go down to the office or the counselor, they're not like going to say anything to the other kids. So, you know, they've all been there too. So they understand how it can be difficult. And so they're not going to like reach all your information. So you don't have to worry about like feeling embarrassed. It, it, I mean, it is scary, but I was more like nervous than embarrassed, I'd say. So like, don't be afraid to reach out. And usually the people that go into a school counseling program and become a school counselor, usually they're pretty positive people to talk with. Yeah. My counselor definitely made me feel really comfortable. We had a woman and then a man. And so I went to the woman um, just because I felt more comfortable. And I kind of, I think my mom knew her and 
she had, yeah, we had some common things, so it was easier to talk to her. For me, my favorite teaching that I ever did was at the middle school. Nothing against the younger students I had at elementary school or the people at high school, but to me, being at the middle school was like I was a support person and I could see that the moods would change throughout the day. And two, it might be two of the two of you were friends that sometime during the day you might have an argument and then you're just obsessed with that argument and it's difficult to concentrate in a class. And would you say that's pretty on the mark? Like middle school has more of that going on. Like the emotions are there, the moodiness is there, and you certainly do need strong educators and caring educators to help you through it. Yes, for sure. And thankful that we have like quite a few people that are like you because that makes those years so much more comfortable and so much easier to get through than if we were just alone with teachers that don't understand why we act the way we do, just pushing us. And it's nice to have a little cushion. Yeah, I think it's good to have like adults that are there specifically for helping like with emotions and like friendship issues. And in my middle school, we had this club. Well, I'm not sure if it's technically a club, but it was called Circle Keepers. And you could, you kind of were trained to help your peers with like, it could be issues at home, friendship issues, really any problem that was happening for someone If they went to the counselor, the counselor would ask them if they wanted to have a, quote, circle. And so I was like one of the circle keepers. And so you would literally sit in a circle and there were like support people and people that would lead this little meeting. And it was very confidential. We weren't allowed to tell anyone about the other kids that were there who needed help. And there were adults there as well, the counselors and you would just sit down and there was, we had a little script and we would help the kids. Um, sometimes we would help them figure out friendship issues that were going on. But I'd say that was really helpful. And being a circle keeper, it was really cool to like be able to help my peers, but in like a really confidential way. And yeah, I think that was really neat that my school did that for the kids. I believe earlier the word bullying had come up. I don't know if one of you remember saying that word, but do you remember any experiences like that? Or if not yourself, but others having that experience? Oh my God, yeah. So we went to two different middle schools. We didn't really see each other, like what we were going through until when we would hang out like once a month and we would just catch up and all of that. And during those times, I relied heavily on having this strong friendship, Harper and I, Um, because my middle school group, I got stuck in such a tough crowd that it was not healthy whatsoever. There is physical bullying, there is emotional, there is a lot of rumors, and it was just not a healthy place. And I think that framed a lot of people that are in that group. I don't know if it's still a group right now, I don't know, but it framed who you were because that is kind of just so degrading to grow grow up in because middle school is forming your brain to a whole new thing and it's just so much going on and having that kind of do it all is really draining and changes a lot of my perspectives for people and decision making and all of that so bullying just isn't isn't fun obviously 
and the school I was in didn't really do anything about it, even when my parents went to the office, when I went to the office. So um, I ended up leaving the school, going to a different school where I live, and it is so much better. So it just depends what school you're in and the bullying policies, whether it says, no, we don't take bullying or whatever that word is or that statement is. It's going to happen no matter what. So if you find a trusted adult that you know can make a difference, talk to them um, and try getting comfortable. Or Yeah, I'd say, like, don't just handle it on your own. Mm-hmm. It's really good to have, um, like, a counselor, a teacher, a parent, anyone, like an adult, I'd say, because they can look at it from a different perspective mm-hmm. that you might not be able to see because you're so caught up in it. Personally, for me... I kind of didn't go with the crowd, I'd say, that had a lot of the gossip and um, rumor and stuff. I just chose to, like, sit at a different lunch table, which was, I'd say, equally as hard, though, as if I did sit there because I always felt really left out. And the girls kind of, they weren't necessarily mean to me. They just did not include me at all. And there were, like... Like, at recess, they would literally stand in, like, a circle. And I don't know what it is with girls and standing in circles, but it's it's really hard to, like, get in there, like, quite literally, because they just, it can be intimidating, and you don't feel like you belong there. And for me, I had another small group, but I never felt like I belonged in that group either. And so I think the main thing with the difference between like elementary and middle school is like the groups and cliques that form because I never remember there being like necessarily groups in elementary school where you felt left out. Everyone just was friends with everyone. So then going into middle school, it was pretty eye opening seeing that there were just all these groups and I didn't feel like I belonged in any of them, which I think it was good that I didn't force myself to be in any of them because I think I would have put myself in a position where I know that specific group had so much drama and just things that I would not want to be in the middle of. Well, I'm sorry that bullying happened to you, particularly one of you had said you had to move to another school. So I'm sorry that it happened to you. And certainly schools need to be held accountable. They need to have safe and healthy environments. Understanding, I'm a realistic person, that some schools don't do that. Some adults don't have the skills, which is unfortunate. I'm glad that the two of you have been friends throughout these years. Because even when you were talking, I saw how you would look at one another at times regarding something like bullying and you know not conforming to others. Can I ask, have you ever seen the movie Mean Girls? Yes. Yes. (laughs) What do you think about that movie? I think it honestly really portrays um, like the plastics. I know even in high school still there's so many cliques and there's like specific ones that they definitely it's just like crazy how realistic that movie actually is because I always thought, you know, that's so dramatic. That can't actually be real life. I'm like, no, there's girls that really resemble the plastics. And it's just, I don't really want to be a part of that. And I'm glad I'm not. And, you know, I've tried to fit into them. And it just, they never really, they're just so caught up in themselves that 
girls, I think especially, um, which, like, the difference between boys and girls is, like, girls just, they hold on to things a lot longer, and they just are kind of petty, and yeah. so it's it's really hard to, like, try to fit in if you if you're not already in that group, because a lot of the times they just aren't willing to accept new members, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. So am I to understand that the transition from elementary school and to middle school is more challenging than middle school to high school? For me personally, I'd say, yeah. Um, I'd agree for the most part, but yet again, I was moving to a whole new school, so I didn't know what to expect. And I moved to that school in COVID, so I eased into it more than most people would with that situation. But from my experience, yes, probably because of the COVID experience. And not that I'm grateful for COVID, but I'm grateful for the online school kind of for a little while. Yeah, I think it helps mm-hmm. like ease in because you kind of saw people through screens and then, you know, you didn't, you weren't forced to really like try to make a friend group because you couldn't do that online. Well, that's looking at things positively through all the stuff that we had to get through in the past year, year and a half. So thanks for that positive spin there. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. And what a great way to end our episode today. I thank you again so much, Lauren and Harper. It's been so much fun talking with you. Yeah, I've had lots of fun. Yeah, this is a great experience. Wonderful. Well, I hope that you have a great rest of your day. And for our listeners out there, this concludes part one of chatting with two incredible teens. Next week, we're going to return with Lauren and Harper, in which they're going to share more about their experiences and advice, which will include having healthy coping skills, the realities of dealing with expectations, responsibilities, and mistakes as you grow older, and overall general advice for adults as well as younger people. Please look at the description if you want to have more information about what this podcast is about. And if you are interested in the Talk Puberty app, I'll put a link in there too. So I thank you all for listening, and I hope that you have a happy and healthy day. Thank you for listening to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the Puberty Prof on Twitter or Instagram. The Puberty Prof, Lori Reichel, wants to hear from you. Go to pubertyprof.com or click on the link in this episode's description. There you can find more information, as well as ask questions to be answered by the Puberty Prof in a future episode. That's pubertyprof.com. Also, remember to check out the Talk Puberty app and the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty. Until next time, this is the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics.